Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. In Jesus' name, come on, give God a big praise. Come on, give him a big praise. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, everyone. You're welcome to be seated. Thank you so much. And we appreciate your generosity and your faithfulness to the house of God. It's a, it's a full house here tonight. Uh, and we're just, we're just delighted to see what God is doing. Um, we talk about this often is uh, um, when we see what God is doing in, in our church, we're just blown away, uh, honestly. Uh, we're just blown away by what God is doing uh, in our church corporately. Uh, we're blown away by what God is doing in individuals, in your lives, in your ministries. And uh, it's, just, it's just awesome. Uh, to see all of that. I do want to honor our, our, uh, our lead pastors, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty. Come on, give them a big shout. I love, I love my, my pastor. We love our pastors. I'm cutting out here. Am I okay? Uh, okay, all right. So we love our pastors, though. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and your, your love and your grace uh, and your guidance and direction. And how many of you guys appreciated that sermon on Sunday? God's vision for us. Uh, and for this house, and so uh, we, we we love that. But I'm going to stay. Uh, I'm going to stay in on a theme on this topic of made for more. And uh, and and tonight, um, I remember Ron Simpkins. How many of you remember Ron Simpkins? Know Ron Simpkins? Appreciate his ministry, Uncle Ron. Ron. Uh, he has this message that I've heard him preach a couple of times. And one of his points in his message, it'll stick with me forever, is that we have to raise the level of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And uh, I think for those of you that have made a commitment or uh, desire more uh, of God in, in 2024, um, I think that we need to raise the level of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives. And so uh, that, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, last Wednesday, I was up here uh, with, with some of the other pastoral team, and uh, we were talking about our values. Now, when you walk in here, uh, we have have some decorative art there on on the uh, on the wall, but it's not necessarily just there to look pretty and aesthetic. Uh, it's really there as uh, as a declaration of who we are. And uh, there's seven values there, and I'm, I don't for the, for the sake of time, I don't have time to go through all of them. But there's seven values there, and uh, and and all of these are really uh, in motion or active uh, in our church, in our ministries, uh, kind of the way that we govern uh, our our relationships and, and and all of that. But one of the things that is not necessarily articulated uh, there on the wall is what we call, and we got together and we were talking about this and. Uh, deliberated as a as a pastoral team and others. Um, there's things that are kind of essential um, and 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 tangible, but not necessarily articulated uh, as it relates to how we operate here at Reach Church. Now, uh, what what we like to say is that there's kind of like this operating system that is happening, um, and we all know it, we all feel it, you could sense it, but it's just not necessarily articulated. So let me give you an example. When you walk into this church. Uh, or maybe even before you walk into this church, you you feel uh, a sense of of excitement. Uh, people are excited to see you, love and grace and embrace. anybody anybody would agree with me there. As you as you come in and you go into our cafe 
way you see people that are connecting and, and uh, uh, people that are embracing. It's good to see you. And there's, there's relationship that's there. Uh, and then you would, uh, then, then our praise service starts and uh, we are a house of praise. Would you agree with that? And so uh, maybe you're running late one day uh, and, and, and on a Wednesday night and uh, you walk in here and this place is just like jumping, right? Uh, we are a house of praise. This is part of kind of our operating system is that we prioritize praise and worship uh, every time we come together. Uh, another, uh, another one of these kind of operating systems, everything is kind of knitted together through this, is that we're a house of prayer. So we, we, we pray on, on uh, uh, we pray before anything. We have prayer service before, uh, before our services start. We have prayer on, on uh, Saturday mornings. We have prayer uh, going on all the time. And so these are all things that are kind of active and holy together all of these seven values. And so we want you to kind of understand that. We want you to uh, acknowledge that. And uh, um, uh, it's just, uh, we, we want to reinforce that uh, to, to the body, especially those of you that may be new here. You say, okay, uh, it, it, it looks like a good church. It's, you know, it's functioning, but what are the, what, what is the church really about? Um, we all have our mission statement on our websites and all of that kind of stuff, but that's what, that's what it is. I, I would, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that we, are a house that uh, prioritizes the Word of God. We preach uh, the full gospel uh, here at Reach Church. And again, these are all things that kind of uh, allow us. Thank you so much, Sam. Give Sam a big hand. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, so, so these are the things that are, that, that are kind of going on. Would you guys agree with me that we are a house of prayer? We are a house of praise. Uh, we, 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 uh, we prioritize the word of God in our lives. And so it's important for us to, to, uh, uh, to understand that. Now, uh, I asked the question, how, uh, maybe I haven't asked this question. I made a statement, but, uh, how many of you would agree that we need to raise the level of the Holy Spirit in your lives as individuals? Now, it's easy when you, when you you come into this church, and like I said, everything is jumping, and uh, uh, the the tangible presence of God is here. It's it's easy to jump in and out of that river, right? Uh, but but what I'm asking is raising the level of the Holy Spirit in our lives as individuals. What does that look like uh, on a Monday uh, evening, uh, Tuesday evening, or at the workplace, whatever that is? Um, and I, I we would all agree that we need to raise the level. Of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, I've been in church my entire life, and there's maybe some of you that have been around uh, the church community for a long time, and so we're really good at cliches. So when I say we need to raise the level of the Holy Spirit, everyone says, yeah, we need to do that. So my question is, what does that look like in your life, practically? What does that look like? I mean, yeah, we're, we're people of, the, we're presence driven and all that kind of stuff, but what does that look like practically uh, in, our every, in, in our everyday life? Uh, I, I, I'm going to read to you here Galatians 5, 16, uh, and I'm going to read a, 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 a passage here, and you could turn there if you have your device or, uh, or your Bible. Not a lot of people carry Bibles, but if you have your device, uh, I, I don't discriminate, that's fine, uh, but we're going to read some scripture here. And here's Paul uh, kind of laying this out for us. And he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. 
And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Would you agree with that? These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. I'm, I'm not going to go into to all of that. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Pause. So my question to you is maybe reflecting on your life, maybe reflecting on the last 30 days, uh, New Year's Eve and all of that kind of stuff. What, what, what was going on in your world? It says clearly that if you're directed by the Spirit, you're no longer under, under the obligation of law. Then it says, uh, uh, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living in that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is, that is truth. Verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So when I ask the question, what does it look like to live your life with a raised level of the Holy Spirit in your life? What does that look like practically? I think we could kind of all agree that there's a very clear contrast. Uh, if you're living in the Spirit, here are the fruits of the Spirit. This is what your life looks like. If you're living for the flesh, here's the fruits of the flesh, and this is what your life looks like. Now, if you're living in the Spirit, then we, we, we understand that we inherit the kingdom of God. If you're not living in the Spirit, you are not inheriting the kingdom of God. That's a hard truth, but there's grace. How many of us are thankful for the grace of God? All of us are thankful for the grace of God. And so this is what it looks like practically. I, I think in human nature, we like to make things more than what they actually are. Uh, this is a very simple uh, illustration or direction, even instruction, as to how we're supposed to live our lives. But uh, our nature is that we want to make it something weirder or bigger or, or better. Uh, man just kind of always does that uh, on the simple truths and the absolute truths that God has. And so uh, really what, what I've seen in my life uh, is, uh, is, is a kind of a thread of, of sensationalism that comes, into, uh, uh, that comes into religion, specifically Christianity. Now, again, I, I grew up uh, in Pentecost or a Pentecostal church where uh, there was, uh, there was uh, you know, signs, miracles, wonders, 
thunders, Jericho marches around the pews. I mean, we, they, they, you know, we did it, we did it big. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And I'm, I'm not saying that's not the Holy Spirit. I, I want to clarify that. I'm not saying that, but that is not necessarily indicative of the Holy Spirit moving. You understand what I'm saying? So if I'm not up here yelling and screaming and sweating and delivering truth, if I'm not yelling, screaming, sweating, that doesn't mean I have less anointing. You guys follow me? So, so it's, it's, it's sad to see that there's folks that are deceived by sensationalism. It's like we're entertained or we're distracted or we're pulled away because there's this other movement that's doing these other things. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, uh, our worship team, would you agree, is anointed and, and powerful and all that. So, so there, it's powerful what God is doing in their lives individually and coming together, uh, what, what they're able to do in ministry uh, for the congregation. Now, uh, if they were to take their shoes off and be up here barefooted, that doesn't necessarily make them more anointed. You, you understand what I'm saying? You, I mean, you're laughing at that, but we kind of like, we kind of ascribe like a different level of something to that. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot of different things. I, I'll just leave it at that. Um, but, but that's kind of, we're, we're kind of entertained by that. We kind of like that stuff. Um, and, and that's not, again, that's not indicative of the anointing or the moving of the Holy Spirit, although uh, the Holy Spirit can be moving in all of those things. Everyone with me there? Okay, all right. So, so as I'm talking about the sensationalism, a lot of people uh, look at Jesus, obviously. We model our ministry or we model our lifestyle after Jesus. And uh, many of us are, are taken to uh, the Gospel of John when you see Jesus performing all these miracles. Um, or the book of Acts where you see the apostles performing all these miracles, which are absolutely awesome, right? So uh, one example is, is, uh, is Jesus' healing of a paralytic. And uh, the gospel account uh, relates to the people as being amazed, being filled with fear, and moved to glorify God. So Jesus heals this paralytic. This is a, this is a miracle. Uh, he does this, and the response of the people is that they're amazed, they're filled with fear. Uh, some are moved to glorify God, which is about right. I mean, that's what it should do, right? So if, if, if there's a miracle that happens, uh, ultimately we should glorify God in that. So, so here's Jesus. He does that. Jesus feeds, uh, uh, the crowd, uh, with five loaves and some fish. And, and, uh, um, we, you know, we got fish sticks or, uh, fish tortas out there and, and Jesus is doing this and it's amazing, uh, what, what happens and people are, are just blown away by that. And, uh, and so so what, what happens is that even after that, even after uh, the paralytic is healed and, and, and the, the miracle of, of feeding the, 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 the crowds, uh, even after that, the people are still asking him for a sign. You, you see how the miracles are not enough. We want to be entertained. We, we want to see what is the next thing that, what is the next magic trick that, uh, that they could do. And, and so 
so it, it's very interesting that Jesus, after this happens and the crowds are coming around him, asking him for a sign, Jesus kind of rebukes them. In John, uh, uh, in John 6, uh, he says that, uh, or I'm sorry, in Luke 11, 29, he says, as the crowds increased, Jesus said, this is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. And so here it is. The people are crowding around. Give us more tricks. Give us more magic. And Jesus says, that's not what this is about. Uh, your head is in the wrong place. Get right. So Jesus in John 6 turns to the crowds and he tells them, uh, uh, and he tells them uh, a hard truth. He says, okay, uh, after he feeds the, the crowds, he says, okay, uh, for you to be my disciple, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. That is crazy, okay? Uh, but, we, but we understand what he was saying uh, in this moment. And those that have been following his teachings would understand exactly what he's saying in this moment. It says in John 6, 66, that from that day, many left him because basically the road show was coming to an end. No more miracles, no more fish sticks. Uh, that was over. We're continuing with the father's business without all of this other stuff. So the nature of this sensationalism or this nature of entertainment the very nature is that it must keep producing more and more spectacular events and inducing more and more emotional responses to keep people interested. So you could walk into this room and, and, and the Spirit of God is moving and I'm here preaching you truth uh, and because you don't have goosebumps or you don't, uh, you're not moved to tears, um, you would say, oh, well, I don't know if the Spirit of God was there or I don't know if that person is anointed. We're always looking to be stimulated by something. When the Word of God is sufficient, the Spirit of God gives us understanding and wisdom and matures us. Second Corinthians, Paul says this, that we walk by faith and not by sight. A wicked generation asks for a sign. Show me that you have power. John 6, uh, 4, 4 says, uh, Jesus says, For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at that last day, I will raise them up. Talking about, it's not about these miracles. It's not about these emotional experience. That doesn't create faith. That creates followers. That, cre that creates people that are looking to be entertained. Jesus is calling people forward to him, to open their minds to the truth and the reality that we're lost without him, that we're sinners and that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to live the lives that God's called us to every single day. What I love about this church, and Pastor Omar says this from time to time when we're talking about these things, is that what we desire to be is naturally supernatural. What does that mean exactly? It means that I'm just a normal person, okay? I have uh, my shortcomings. Um, if you don't believe that, ask my pastor. Once he, once he runs out of stuff, you can ask my wife, and she'll just keep, you know, just let you know. But I'm just a regular person. You're just a regular person. I have no special knowledge outside of the Bible, the canon, uh, the finished work, right? I have no special knowledge outside of that. So 
I'm just a regular guy living my life, trying to raise my family right, trying to do the right thing, and, and uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in my life. So as, in my natural life, I allow the Holy Spirit into my life. God puts his super on my natural, and now I become naturally supernatural. So I'm able to walk with this presence of the Holy Spirit, and hopefully I'm sensitive uh, to his nudging, and, and, and uh, I'm, I'm allowing myself to be yielded so that the Holy Spirit could use me in ministering as I go out uh, about my business every single day. I love that about this church is that we believe in the miraculous. We pray for the miracles. We believe in the, in the giftings of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 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 we, we believe in all of them. I mean, they're, they're, there's listed uh, throughout the Bible. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10 lists uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11, 2 through 3 lists uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, 7 through 13 lists gifts of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, 3 through 8 lists, or lists gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe in every single one of them. We believe that we actually even operate in many of them. Just because there's not this big elaborate show doesn't mean that we're not anointed. Doesn't mean that we're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I say all of that because I want to I, I, I wanna strengthen you. I want to encourage you that there's no special kind of thing that needs to happen. All that needs to happen is a yielding and a surrendering to the Holy Spirit to allow him to kind of captivate you and uh, get into every part of your life uh, and, and help you in different areas. And as you yield to the Holy Spirit, he'll empower you to do the will of God in your life. It's really that simple. So back to the question that I asked is, what does the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit look like in the believer's life every single day? This is miraculous, is that, uh, is, is that at one point before Christ, you were mean and hostile and angry, uh, all of those things, right? But now that the power of the Holy Spirit is moving in your life, you have compassion you're empathetic. You're sensitive. That's a, that's a miracle. There's people in the, that are sitting in this room right now that you didn't care about anybody else but yourself. But now the Holy Spirit has changed you into a new person. People are like, who are you? That's miraculous. Would you agree? What does it look like? Practically. Maybe you're here and you're experiencing a tragedy. I've experienced tragedies in my life. What is miraculous is that things that have gone on in your life did not crush you. But the power of the Holy Spirit has allowed you to walk through those things. I'm, I, I may not be walking at the same pace. Uh, I may be walking a little bit slower. But those things in the life that would have crushed you before with the power of the Holy Spirit, you're standing in faith and you're standing strong. This is what, this is what operating in the Holy Spirit looks like. D.L. Moody shared his thoughts on the Holy Spirit and he said this, the work of the Holy Spirit is to impart life, to implant hope. I love Pastor Omar says he's a hope dealer. <laughs> to impart life, to implant hope, to give liberty, 
to testify of Christ and to guide us into all truth, teaching us all things to comfort the believer and to convict the world of sin. This is the operation of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Question, do you continue to struggle with sin? If, you, if the answer is yes, I would pose to you that you're not walking in the Spirit. It, it's, it's, it's really that simple. It's not some big, emo, amazing, like, boom that's going to happen in your life. It's a decision to say, I'm going to honor God in this area, and, and I'm going to walk according to His Word. I'm going to walk according to the Spirit, and I'm not going to do those things anymore. Amen. It's a decision. How do I do that? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. So this means that we live our lives connected to the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is uh, top of mind. I'm intentionally looking for opportunities to connect with the Holy Spirit. Now, that might be intentionally. Uh, maybe you start your day in the morning in prayer, in praise, in the Word. Maybe throughout your day you're listening to, to, listening to wor- uh, praise and worship music, whatever that is. But this is what it would mean to walk in the Spirit. So I said we are... We, we aspire to be naturally supernatural. Okay, so you don't have to be weird. You don't have to speak in New King James Version language. You don't have to do that. You could talk normal and still operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we don't need to make it, make it all this crazy stuff. So the Holy Spirit becomes the one uh, we all depend on as we go through life, uh, and, and it sounds, it's almost too simple. Again, we want something bigger. Uh, I remember, uh, I, re- I remember this, uh, I was, I was um, uh, enamored by uh, a prophet that had come in, into, into town, and uh, I was younger, and, um, and, and I, I just loved the way that he taught, and I loved the way that he spoke, and I, I admired the gifting on his life, and uh, so I went to him, and I said, uh, hey, how, how can I prophesy, like, how can I do that, like you, and uh, he, he chuckled at me, and he said, well, I would start by reading your Bible, And I, I said, okay, yeah, no, I got that. But how do I do that? And it's this desire to want to be able to, to be seen by people or to be, be recognized as, as someone that is uh, holy or anointed or, or something like that. Again, there's nothing wrong with it, but we mess this up in our own minds. Ephesians 1.13 says this, uh, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. So listen to this. If you are in Christ, you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. It's, 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 it's there. It's a promise. It, it can't be revoked. John 14, 6 through 7 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, this is Jesus talking, to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. It's not this hocus pocus. 
You are carriers of, of God's glory. You're carriers of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, what are three things that you could notice just in your life? Maybe you're new to the church. Maybe you're new to Christ and you're walking. What are the three things that you could kind of notice real quick? The first thing is that the Holy Spirit will begin to give you wisdom. You'll begin to like, you'll look at something and say, that is really stupid. Why do I keep doing that? I shouldn't do that anymore. Now, uh, uh, a month ago, two months ago, a year ago, it was second nature. You never thought twice about it. All of a sudden, you have a conscience. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you have conviction in your life, it's not to shame you. It's not to condemn you. It's to bring you closer to, the, to, to God. The first thing you can do is just understand that. The second thing is that he'll help you pray. The Holy Spirit says that it will, it will interpret, it will help you to connect. There's things that are deep within our spirits that we can't articulate. We can't find the words to say. And it says that the Holy Spirit will begin to interpret and articulate these things for you. And most importantly, it'll help us overcome our flesh. How many of, how many of us are just... We struggle with that, the carnality of, of, of our lives. And so here's some practical things that, that, we, that we should be doing. The first thing, as it relates to, okay, now I'm a believer. Uh, okay, now, all right, thank you, Pastor Isaac. Now I know I have the Holy Spirit in me. Now how do I continue this? How do I, how do I get more uh, in 2024 of the Holy Spirit? The first thing I would tell you is that you need to stay plugged in. We have Friday Night Connect Groups. We have all these different connection points. And if you're not participating, if you're not a member of a Connect Group, I encourage you tonight to, f to figure that out. Uh, you, you could talk to anyone, any one of the ushers, but we have great Connect Group uh, leaders, phenomenal people uh, that you could get connected with and you could get plugged in. It's a crazy thing to think about that. Uh, uh, do I have my cell phone on me? I don't. Anyways, it's okay. I don't need it. Your cell phone. How many know that the technology that's built into a cell phone today is incredible? It's like alien information, even 10 years ago. It's, it's so advanced, it's, it's crazy, it's so powerful. Would you agree, it's powerful? How do you feel when you have that brand new iPhone 15, uh, for those of you that are uh, um, uh, Android people, whatever that one is, I don't know, uh, whatever, the green bubble people. I'm messing up my, my group texts. <laughs> and then I'm stuck forever. Anyways. So you have this great piece of technology, right? Now what happens when, you, when, when the battery runs out? You're, you're freaking out. So am I. I only, ha I only have 10%, right? Like, like you're, you're on the cord and someone asks, hey, you know, can I use a charger? Oh, how, what's your percentage? <laughs> and you're freaking out. And then when it's dead and you don't have a charger, you're just, you're, you're dead in the water. <laughs> it's the same kind of idea if you think about this. The power of the Holy Spirit is alive in you. And if you're not plugged in, if you're not charged out, or charged in, you're not able to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? So, so we have to stay plugged in. How do we do that? We, we, we attend church services. We stay connected to people that are life-giving, people that are going to build us up, not, not tear us down.
We stay, we stay connected and plugged into healthy relationships, not toxic relationships. You gotta stay plugged in. And this is, this is a fact is the more you yield, uh, the, the more you yield, the more impact. The less you yield, the less impact in your life. If you're looking to have more, you believe that God is calling you, you believe that you've been made for more, which I believe every single person in this room has been, you have to stay connected, you have to stay plugged in, and you have to yield to the Holy Spirit. We have to commit to prayer. Now, uh, I, I think about this even even tonight as we were worshiping, and I think that I, I don't think anybody will um, will disagree with me that time of praise uh, individually, okay, so so not necessarily here, although it's good to be here and in corporate praise, but individual praise at home will kind of count towards prayer. Would you agree with that? You're you're glorifying God, you're thanking God. There's 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 a a, a spirit of adoration and gratitude, but we have to commit to prayer. Uh, if, I, if I'm saying that this house is a house of prayer and you say that you belong to this house, then that should make you a person of prayer. So we have to commit to, to prayer. And uh, this, this has, there has to be a place in your life where you get into God's presence outside of this church. Again, it's easy. You could slide into what God is doing here corporately, which you should. Every single one of us should feel uh, encouraged when you come into uh, a praise service and, and a worship service like this. But what does that look like in your own life? At home, do you have a place in your home? I, I was talking to Pastor Omar, and we were talking about Teen Challenge. Anybody ever heard of Teen, teen, teen Challenge? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. All right. So, so Teen Challenge uh, has been around for some time, a long time, and uh, when they first started, there was a, an amazing success rate. I think it was close to eighty percent, or high. You know, a high success rate. Now, you take Teen Challenge and you match. You, you know, you line that up. I'm not talking about any any other program. Just giving you an example. You line up Teen Challenge to NAAA, any other outreach kind of program like that, and uh, and, and their success rate was very, very low, and here's Teen Challenge, 80% success rate. So all of those people went to Teen Challenge and said, okay, uh, you guys are having great success. What are you doing? Tell us, uh, how are you getting these, the, how are you getting uh, these results? And, uh, you know, give us your game plan. Tell us, you know, what steps are you taking and what's your outreach program and all of that. And, uh, and, and the response was this simple. He said, we get people into the program, we give them a Bible, and we get them filled with the Holy Spirit. We get them filled with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, all of those fleshly desires, all of those things that they, that they prioritize or, or consume them, all of those things begin to fade away. And they begin to desire the things of God. They, they, they begin to desire to want to have a life, to, to have a life that is, is, is better than what they've experienced in their lives. And this is really, this is really the, 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 the idea is that just getting the presence of God in your life could change everything. Whatever change you're looking for as you start out this year, 
Getting the presence of God in your life, in your home, in your relationship could change everything. I, I, I remembered recently we were, uh, this, this, we were just counseling. We were just talking to someone. And uh, uh, we were talking about naturally supernatural. We were just talking to someone. And, and uh, we, had, uh, we were delivering. It was my wife and I. And we were talking to, to this person. And we, uh, we just started asking some questions. And we started delivering what we call uh, grace and truth. So we're listening and we're, we're showing a lot of grace. And then there was an opportunity where, where I felt like the Holy Spirit said, hey, uh, you, you need to you, you need to say something. You need to speak into this, and uh, and and I, I I said something. I said, hey, you know, um, um, you know what you're doing is wrong, uh, but but the power of, of God could help you do the right thing. And uh, it was that simple, okay? It wasn't anything crazy. We didn't have uh, it, it, it was that it was that simple. I just said it, uh, and immediately everything turned person that we were talking to started to manifest. Demonic. I mean, there was a demonic voice that, that came out of this person. And we realized, like, okay, there's, some, there's something going on here. And so we began to pray. Fast forward that, I mean, uh, 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 you know, it all, it went down, right? It went down, but, 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 God, but God helped them and, and the Spirit of God moved and there was peace after all the craziness, all the wild stuff. And, and I'm just thinking, how, how many opportunities uh, are we missing and are we losing and uh, uh, failing to allow the Holy Spirit to use us uh, in those everyday occurrences? See, I believe that there's deliverance happening even right now. As I declare God's truth, as I declare God's word, I believe that there's deliverance happening. Does that mean, does that, mean that we need throw-up buckets and, you know, plastic off the, the floor? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that the Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit is changing lives. The Holy Spirit is changing thought processes. And this is the, this is the thing around the supernatural. The last thing that we need to do is that we need to commit to obedience. And this is, this is, this is, this is the secret sauce right here. So we know that we need to pray. We know that we need to commit to the word. We know that we need to live our lives according to the things of God. But if there's no obedience in our lives, none of that works. It's all discipline. It's all just habits. And I'm not saying that you can't be a good person in the, world sense, in the worldly sense, but without obedience, obedience is, is the thing that pulls all of this together. And maybe there's areas in our lives, I, I, I would ask you, just maybe even think about this, maybe even close your eyes and, and, and uh, just think about this. Maybe there's areas in our lives, believers, maybe there's areas in our lives where we're not being obedient. There's areas in our lives where we need to step up this level of obedience in our own lives. Why, why do we not walk with the power of the Holy Spirit? Why don't we sense the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our homes? Why are things kind of chaotic? What's your obedience look like? And so I, I want us all to do this. If you would just uh, bow your head and close your eyes. And Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.